Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome. Um, episode, was it 13? Something like that? No idea. Mm-hmm. Plowing through old man. Meyer Blythe Podcast. I'm your host. Brett Meyer, joined as always by my esteemed co-host, who needs no introduction, but uh, actually you do. <laughs> you do. Todd Blythe, Todd, what's going on? Man? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? I mean, after uh, after a great Thanksgiving at home with just our, you know, my wife and the, and the girls who kept it low key. Just an awesome Friday. I saw the pictures. You had 20 people over okay. your house. Wonderful. Nice job. Um, <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. The um, yeah, my associate actually tested positive for COVID because he went to, like to his fiance's cabin in Minnesota. Everybody has a freaking cabin in their family up north, so he goes up there and his mother-in-law had it, and everybody got sick in the house. So I haven't been with him for like two weeks, so I'm That's good. Your associate rep? Yeah, I haven't worked with him like face to face for a couple of weeks, so so you, I have to, you actually have to go out and work a little bit then. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> But he's good, no symptoms. But um, yeah, man, it was awesome Friday to get back to the good stuff. Um, Iowa State, probably. I mean, uh, I mean, we always have these biggest game in cyclone history, or whatever. But this was like, you know, if you win it, it's obviously you have opportunity, and we're basically guaranteed. I think a spot. Like we're gonna play in a Big Twelve title game. I don't know yeah, what the scenarios I, are. But, I saw the scenarios. I mean, like. 10 things have to happen, including Kansas winning a couple games. So I, I feel pretty confident, but I mean, yeah. let's just take care of business, finish off the season the right way and, and go to the big 12 title game. Yeah. So were you, uh, I mean, what were your kind of, cause it was one of those games that, and it's not just like kind of get over the, you know, I, we don't win those. I would say doesn't win those type of games. It's like, you know, under coach Campbell, we've won more of those games that we've lost. Like the ones where for sure where you're down late and you got to make a play or you just historically, I mean, we had some games too. Like I think back to one of the games kind of not similar where, you know, five against Kansas where it's like you have an opportunity to win this game and you're in a big 12 title game. And we just couldn't stop them late. Right. They go, they mm-hmm. go down the field and score and then we don't do our job in offense and like a four minute scenario where we can't stay on the field. And it just seems like, you know, Coach Campbell and those teams, they're able to capitalize and win those games. And, you know, what we did was, well, I mean, we just maintained our composure late. And then obviously they, you know, they missed a, what was it, a, like a 50-something 50, field 57 goal. 57 yards. Yeah. yeah, that's a good kicker who can make those. Yeah, I mean, but 57 yards with the game on the line, I, I don't care if you're an NFL all-pro. That's, you know, that's not a kick that's going to be made more often than it's missed. Um yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, this is, again, one of those – this is Iowa State's biggest game in history. But, uh, it, I mean, this one truly felt like it. And there were times – I'm not going to lie, there were times, you know, at the end of the game when we had the ball, we had to drive and go get a touchdown. And there were times where I felt like, oh, man, you know, here, here we go. Are we going to Iowa State this thing away? And, gosh, we just came up and made plays. I mean, Kohler had some huge catches late in the ball game. He was good all day. Uh, Brees Hall was kind of bottled up for most of the game and then really ran the ball really, really well at the end of the fourth quarter there and, and obviously got in for the, for the winning score. Um, and then, 
you know, our, our defense stepped up and, and forced a long, uh, a long field goal that they uh, fortunately missed. And it just felt like for so many years, just Iowa State was not allowed to have nice things. And we finally, I mean, we finally got over the hump and we're going to a Big 12 title game. And it, I mean, I, I was just, I was watching at my house, obviously. And my kid was over it. He was kind of checked out. He was watching uh, YouTube kids on, on, iPod, on the iPad. He's a bad Iowa State fan. Um, and that, that last kick, I remember, I, I mean, just watching and, and just seeing it start to just drift to the left and just like willing, hoping, praying and watching it go left. And I grabbed my son and just kind of yelled, Cyclones won. And he, it scared him. And so he started crying. And it was just a little bit of chaos, but it was just unbelievable. I mean, it was, it was truly one of those just, you know, it doesn't compare, I'm sure, to the players that were out there and the coaches that were out there on the field. But it was just an unbelievable feeling as, a, as an Iowa State, you know, former player, alum, and now fan uh, that's seen a lot of bad football and witnessed a lot of bad football over the years and a lot of heartbreak. Uh, it, I mean, it was just such an amazing feeling to have. I mean, you, you know, you and you, me and Mylink got on a, a, a like a, a conference call right after that and it just started going crazy. My wife was filming us talking on the phone. Um, just uh, it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's just one of those days that you remember really like. Not, it's not like a weird remember where you were a moment, but it's just, yeah. I mean, it's one of those games where you you call your friends and you're FaceTiming people and you're talking and you're texting your family and everybody's just universally extremely excited and for obvious reasons because you know, we're able to kind of punch our ticket now. And it, it's just, I mean, obviously there's a lot, you know, there's, there's more important things out there and major sacrifices that actually matter, but just. Like what? Name one thing. Well, I'm just saying like, us, you know, I like that would have been an unbelievable spectacle because you know we would have taken over that stadium. Oh my be, goodness! I mean, it would have been. Can you imagine how many Iowa State fans would be in Austin? Even ones that couldn't get in the game would have been taking over the bars. Gosh, it's too bad. Boy, I tell you what, life was going to go to the game, but he went to Austin instead of Dallas to watch, and that's awesome. That's, are you talking? About, I'm talking about the Big I'm 12 talking, title game. Oh, I'm talking about the actual game at wow. Texas. Texas yeah. plays in Austin. No, no, I, okay. I'm with you, but uh, no, I think, yeah, we would have taken over. I'm talking about Jerry's world, like Big Twelve title. Oh game. my goodness, that that'd be all Cardinal and Gold. That would have been, yeah, that would have been unbelievable. Um, but uh, we'll make the best of it, and I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, if and we'll get to West Virginia, obviously, I know that Coach Campbell and the leadership we have on that team, they're not worried about any impending, you know, opponents in the Big Twelve title game. But Oklahoma seems to have found their stride, so that's going to be yeah, going to be a challenge. Time. Yeah, I mean, Lincoln Riley knows how to get things dialed in. Their defense is actually playing better. Defensive line has really stepped up and is playing as one of the top units really in the country. And then, obviously, Lincoln Riley, his offense. But, yeah, man, it was fun to watch. It was exciting. And, um, I don't know, I, I get – I was pretty excited. I don't, I don't get extremely hyped up about – I don't know why. Maybe because we just played so much and experienced all the emotions of playing. Um, I mean, I get, I get excited. Don't get me wrong. You know, even really even as a player though, I mean, I think probably a product of your position and the, and the requirement of being even keel. I mean, I know, you know, as a quarterback, you have to be even keel. You can't get too high or too low. Um, and I know you always did a good job in the huddle of, you know, calming me down if I was either too excited or too pissed off. Um, and yeah, it, that's just kind of your personality too. But, uh, yeah, I was curious to know what kind of what you were doing. Were you pacing around the room or, or you know, were you just 
chugging beers or ripping shots? What were you doing during the uh, ripping shots corner there? My four and two year old. Yeah, we were almost <laughs> the bottom. But I, get, go get daddy a beer. I've never been really superstitious, but like I will move spots. Like if we're struggling and I'm on the couch, like okay, I need to let's give a couple series to the chair, and then if, you know that's actually really down, superstitious. Just, I know, but I'm not like historically <laughs> superstitious. Like I didn't have any crazy routines, and I was like, put my left sock on first. You know, I just yeah, I don't know. So I went from the couch to the chair, um, and that was it. I mean, if, so I'll take credit for it. Um, yeah, you were kind yeah, of a, thank you for your service. Yeah, you were kind of a drama queen in college, so you're always the emotional guy. Yeah, crying all the time. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, lights crying again <laughs> in, the, in the huddle. I really care. Throw me the ball. Um, no, I, I tweeted this out too, and this is, I mean, honestly, in the fourth quarter, especially at the end there, I was, I didn't know what to do during timeouts or commercials, like, I, I couldn't just sit there, so I would just be scrolling through Twitter and literally liking any cyclone related tweet that i saw uh, I, I was just scrolling through like a maniac I, I just i didn't know what to do i didn't know what else to do i just refreshing my phone refreshing the stats page on, the, on my you know my uh like sports app uh, and you know even though i knew what the stats were i knew what the score was it's just like nervous energy couldn't sit still it was fun i mean i was exhausted afterwards it, it was it really took a lot out of me but it, it was so much so much fun it really took a lot out of me. it was stress <laughs> I'm really out of shape. So scrolling through Twitter and watching the game, just I'm, I'm, I'm really hurting afterwards. I had to stand up for like 47 straight minutes. <laughs> like, you know, watching the game. I jumped around, pulled a hamstring. No, it's good. And I mean, you kind of sit back and look that, you know, obviously the talk of Coach Campbell and you know, the national media, you know, parachutes oh. are talking about him going to all these different jobs and. Every well, single year at, he's going somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good problem to have, obviously. You want somebody who – you want people to want your coaches. But, I mean, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, you want to be somewhere where you feel like you can compete for a playoff spot in, in like, real championships. And, like, you look at the games we lost this year, Oklahoma State, 24 – obviously, the, the first game of the year, I mean, that's a game that we should win. Oklahoma State, you know, 24-21, lose by three – on the road like yeah, we're not kind of that's awesome. not it's not like we're i mean I, I would think that if we finish the season 10 and 0 and we're big 12 champions that we would have like a real legitimate shot at at getting into the playoff i mean if you look at the playoff right now i mean the, the challenge is so alabama could probably lose out and they'd still be in but, I, but they're probably the clear number one team right now. Ohio Alabama, State is the one that I don't. That yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be one spot essentially open for either a – so, like, SEC champ gets in, which most likely would be Alabama. I don't I don't think – if Florida somehow beats them, they probably both get in. But well, most Florida's likely, good. Yeah. Yeah, but I just think Alabama would just suffocate them. And, okay, it's going to be like a 42-21 game. So, we'll say Alabama's in – if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, they're in, and ACC gets one. And then that's when you're going to start seeing kind of all bets yeah. off. It's back 12. You're, you're out, you know, there's nothing there. What a joke. Yeah, so I think that's a scenario where if Notre Dame would win, that's probably opens the door for potentially, you know, a, a group of five, like a Cincinnati maybe, or – At the beginning of the year, 
at the beginning of the year, that Louisville game was just kind of the fact that we lost. It just sucked. We came out kind of flat. It's just kind of, you know, but you never thought it was going to really affect the end of your year. And then here we are after just an amazing, you know, season. And you're like, God dang, we could have won that game. You know, we had, we actually, you know, one loss conference championship team. Now you can really make a case for it. Um, but I mean, regardless, unbelievable year so far. I just hope we can finish out uh, in style against West Virginia and then obviously in the Big 12 title game. But yeah, I mean, right now, yeah, I mean, if we were undefeated right now, this is hypothetical, this is like a huge waste of time, but whatever. If we were undefeated right now, I would think an 8 0, I mean, we have to be like right there in the four spot. Because Ohio State's 4 0. I mean, AM 6 1. I know they like Florida. What a joke, Ohio State. Played four games. Yeah, I mean, they got a good win against Florida, but that's really it for a They haven't beat any They haven't really had to play anybody else. Because so. the whole Big Ten's terrible. Michigan's a joke. Penn State, I don't know what's going on at Penn State. They only have one win, and it's against Michigan. Yeah, I don't know. I think part of me feels like, and, you know, you don't want to, like, make a ton of conclusions off of, like, a pandemic season, but, like, you do see, like, very, very good coaches. Like, P.J. Fleck absolutely can coach. Won 11 games last year. One of the most like, annoying individuals out there, but he's, yeah, he's a good he's coach. Yeah, he's not fresh, <laughs> for sure. But point is, like, there's some guys who just are football coaches, and that's basically what they want to do, whether they have a shtick like he has or he's, like, you know, a sound bite and row the boat and all this extra stuff. Or, you know, James Franklin, who's done a great job at Penn State, but, like, you get some adversity and you mix in something different. It's like Penn State's roster is so much better than one one in whatever they are. Oh, my gosh, like yes. Five. You know, Minnesota doesn't have, like, a loaded roster, but you went 11 games last year and you come and missed it. Minnesota had 47 confirmed cases from, like, November 19th through, like, the end of the month. 47. That is insane. I, I feel like Iowa State's athletic department has had less than that since the start of this thing. Yeah, I mean, I every, we had every a lot. I think we had a lot of about. cases, like, throughout fall camp, which yeah, contributed to, like, our dud because guys were practicing first game. I know that's an excuse, but, like, that's throughout. But it's a good yeah. one. It's a good excuse. I mean, it's not it's the reality. I just – we – so, I mean, who knows? Maybe we – but I just – I'm thinking about it, like, these schools, like, some of these coaches who just are all about minimizing distractions and and they just lose their shit <laughs> – when it's like something <laughs> a year like this comes along and you know, you're seeing the, the teams who have their programs and their and, and everything under control, like, you know, even even Iowa starting to play better than their their schedule's been unbelievable. Yeah. And Iowa's the are they the only Big Ten team that hasn't had a had a game canceled? Um one of one of uh, yeah they might I for some reason I think they're the only one. Otherwise they're one of maybe two that hasn't had a game canceled. But yeah they have yeah it goes to show you know, as much as I like to bag on Iowa, I mean, you know, Kirk Ferentz runs a heck of a program and, well, <laughs> some aspects. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it seems like the kids are, you know, they're bought in, they're doing the right thing to, to at least stay on the field. And, you know, similar to what we talked about with Iowa State, why we're, you know, everyone's so proud is um, we're not having guys, you know, get have to miss games because of COVID because guys are doing the right thing. They're they're staying away from problem areas and problem situations and uh, because they're bought into the end, the end result and, and what could be a dream season for us. So, uh, you know, kudos to Iowa. Um, obviously I hate to say that, but they're, they're doing, must be doing a good job over there. And then obviously it's just been so impressive what, uh, 
what Matt Campbell and, and Iowa State has done so far just to keep guys on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you just got to have leadership top to bottom and everybody's got to buy in. And it helps that we're having a good year, too. I think that keeps people engaged. I would imagine that, you know, if you're playing at Kansas, you're probably not going to care as much or try to be as all. diligent about it because, you know, um, this yeah, just no popped shot. into my head, so it's kind of off topic a little bit. But we were talking about how uh, Matt Campbell gets, you know, every every year lately when we have success, there's a rumor about, hey, he's going to Florida State last year. He's going to go to Texas this year. Um, and you always hear the thing where, well, if he, you know, I think if he goes anywhere, it's going to be NFL. Does uh, As a guy who is all about building culture, does that translate to the NFL as much as um, a system or X and O's guy does? I mean, I, honest question. We we both had our you know our, our cup of coffee in the NFL, uh, very very brief, short, small cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's uh, it, it's different. It's it's a completely different atmosphere and different you know vibe and feel compared to college football. Does yeah, I mean, I, building it, culture really transfer it to the NFL level. I mean, if you have like if you're one of the few coaches who has time to do it, like you look at. The Patriots have a culture. The Steelers have a culture. The Ravens, the Seahawks, point. and those, those coaches be have been the there forever. It, though. Yeah, I think the same goes for college. Like you know, it's NFL coaches are you know the lease is shorter, but college even now, I mean, you know, three years, four years, that's enough time to probably build a culture. And I think you just got to have probably like every single player on the team you recruited. If you mm-hmm. can get to that point then your culture really, really can take over. Because then you have, like, your upperclassmen who are kind of teaching the, the incoming guys, you know, because, like, like Matt had that because he was here long enough. Coach Campbell is in his fifth year. He now has everybody on the roster, I believe, who he recruited. So, like, he's able to now implement his culture. I think culture Landon and, Akers is the last Rhodes guy, and that's only because yeah. he gray-shirted then red-shirted. Okay, yeah, so he's, he's like J.D. He was there for, like, 12 years. <laughs> I like Shout it. Shout out forty five year old John Davis. I, um, I was supposed to gray shirt. You know that? Yeah. What a joke. Yeah, I, I do know I that. I remember that. I was so mad. I'm like, wait, what? Got, then yeah, the uh That was almost a huge miss by the by, by the coaching staff. Yeah, I um I think like Lane and Jack kinda of went to bat for me because you know, we had some just through workouts and some of the summer stuff we did and I mean, we redshirted that first year when Lane and Jack were seniors. Lane Daniels and Jack Whipper. For everybody, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully Cyclone fans out there know who we're talking about. But uh, Lane and Jack, me in the receiver room, it was a situation where we were in the middle of a bad year. Unfortunately, you know, for, for guys who gave a lot to the program, we had a really bad year uh, their senior year. Um, but in the, in the, in the receiver room, um, there were a lot of discussions about how can we pull the <laughs> – off uh, at that time number number fifteen Brett Meyer uh, before he switched back to seven he redshirted with number fifteen. Um, I remember there, no, you there actually, a lot of conversations about. You got it. I remember I was one day I was like I saw you down there practicing like wait a minute if they pull his red shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, I almost yeah. got my red shirt pulled against uh, Northern when we went down and played Northern Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I was down there and and had to learn the had to quick try and learn our offense and the. <laughs> And the, the yeah, game I think they kind of the co- sometimes coaches know. Yeah, yeah, they they I know like okay, we realize like, hey, we kind of suck. Let's just go ahead and yeah, this let's, not, let's not burn it this year. But um, but yeah, I mean, so like the culture thing, it's just interesting. You got to have time to do it. Number one, um, 
and I, I mean, I, I, our culture really centers around like the process to me. I mean, you just hear it over and over and over and it's something real. I mean, I know like Minnesota has like row your boat. That's something that like, you're not going to get your entire team to buy in. I don't care how much, I mean, it works for some people, but like the, the uh, coach Campbell and Wade talks about is real. And it just seems like no it's matter the win, that's the difference. Yeah, it's, it's authentic. The difference between being authentic and being something that's like become commercial. Like row the boat probably started really, really authentic, but as soon as you trademark it and you like have to pay out uh, your former school to be able to bring that with you to Minnesota, it becomes uh, commercial to me. Yeah, I'm not a Minneapolis guy like you. I don't drink. No, nah, I'll say the one thing about him. Hey, Flex is different. I'll say it seems like his players do like to play for him, so that you can kind of think what you want from that but like back to you know coach Campbell and just yeah it just seems like every he just has such a good foundation that no matter you win like a big win or a tough loss or whatever happens you can always go back to that and it's always resonates it's always relevant it's impactful and it always means something and it's just something that you can draw on and I mean that that to me is like the definite because culture gets thrown around like your job like the stupid interview question like what's your culture like okay whatever like <laughs> culture to me is like when exactly what you see like after the game or after like i said after a win after a loss like you come back to the same stuff and you hear the process over and over and over the process fall in love with it it'll love you back all that kind of stuff and it just it, it's real it's not like you said it's not a you know it's not a gimmick or it's not a, you know we don't put it on just on a bunch of t-shirts or it's just I love it, man. I'm glad we have them. And um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to West Virginia because again, that's like, that's, and that's why like I'm not worried about a letdown because of everything we've seen from this team, number one. And in addition to that, it's like just the process and everything you hear from this coaching staff, like it, it's impossible that it's just not going to happen. I think don't let it that's, happen. So I think that's exactly right. The, the ceiling is higher for this team because of what they've done but also because of what they've done, the floor is higher. Uh, they, they, you know, the, the bad days aren't, aren't near as bad, and I don't think they can fall back because of what they built. Um, I'll tell you what should be on a T-shirt, though, and that is uh, five-star culture versus five-star player. That was, I mean, what a quote. And you know that's something that was said throughout the week. That was something to try and charge them up. Like, you know, cause Mac did it to us. Like, hey, look at these guys that, you know, just the top recruits, they're, they're, they're five-star guys. Um, you know, what are we going to do when we go out against them? So, you know, that was something that was talked about. I don't know if it's completely off the cuff, but five-star player versus five-star culture was just an unbelievable quote from Brees Hall. Yeah, but you know from playing against Texas, like they have they're, – they're absolutely 100% more than OU, more than any team we played. There's an arrogance there. Oh, you hear 100%. Texas people now. I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording. Yeah, about just assuming that – We're like, talking yeah. about, uh, you know – well, you know, here's the guys they want. They're down to two guys, so-and-so. I don't know who the hell the other guy is, and, and Matt Campbell. Um, and as long as no other big job besides Michigan opens up, you know, we'll get either of those two guys. It's like one, like Michigan's, I mean, maybe a better job than you guys right now. Both programs seem to be just an absolute shambles. How arrogant can you be to assume that Matt Campbell wants to leave what he's, what he's got going right now and what he's built uh, really from the ground up to go to – Texas, they're going to throw a bunch of money at him. There's going to be a bunch of zeros in this contract. Um, but it's, I mean, you talk about for a culture guy, I don't, I don't know if they have much culture going on. They do have a minister of culture or whatever uh, Matthew McConaughey's official title as a Texas employee is. 
Um, but I, I'll tell you what, Iowa State's got 10 times the culture that uh, University of Texas has right now. Uh, and, it, and it showed up on Saturday. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it starts with coaching. I, mean, I, I would, you know, Herman was the hot coach, but I would much rather, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, I, I think we have one. I mean, Saban is obviously number one, and you can talk about guys who can, who, who are at places where everything's set up for them. But like, you talk about just pure coaching and like being able to, win when you don't have like the most talented team like, we got guys that can go we got guys we, we got nfl players we got but i'm talking about like going out and beating an ou and beating a texas in the same year like we have somebody that can coach and uh, his assistants just unbelievable like think about the impact that like coach Heacock has had on like defenses and how college it's and the, even nfl teams play yeah. i mean think about it, like you have guys like Venables from Clemson coming in, NFL teams coming in because they see the Big 12 is basically like, you know, it's just people are scoring at will and then our defense comes in and it just changes. Mm-hmm. And now you see other teams around our league playing our style of defense. Teams are because everybody sees that offense. It's trickling in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's a huge impact on the game. And that's just an, an assistant that he's worked with his entire career. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm blown away by the quality of this coaching staff. And, I mean, obviously we hope they, we hope they stay for, you know, as long as, you know, they want to. But, Forever. Yeah, I'm not, but it's, it's just, it's pointless to sit there and worry about it. You know, if he's going to leave and that's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. We got him. And I think back to my point earlier, like we can absolutely 100% an undefeated Big 12 champion is going to get in the playoff every single year. It just, yes. they will. So long as the Pac-12 was a mess, which it is going to be, you know, if Notre Dame was an independent this year, they, you know, I don't know that, you know, they probably wouldn't be able to survive more than one loss. And now they're in the ACC this year. So they'll be able to, if Clemson beats them, I think they're still in. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, my point is he can, we can get there. And I think he believes he can get there. And this year probably shows that I would be shocked that, because think about the way he's wired. I don't know him well, but like, He's probably sitting back at the end of the year. Say we win the Big 12 championship, go on to win a bowl game. You see, you sit back at the end of the year and you're like, are we that far away? No, we're not at all. No. But how, how much fun is it to talk about Iowa State now being on that level? Yeah, and, and like, For do you so want to – It was, hey, we go to a bowl game, we're a six or seven win team, and it's like let's make the next step to be consistently a bowl team. And now we've done that in the – you know, since Campbell's taken over in the last few years, and it's – now we're ready to take, or hopefully we're ready to take that next step um, to be that elite level or that top level of the Big 12. We are where we are. It's like, hey, you know, it, it's us. It's it's Oklahoma. It's you know, certain years Oklahoma State. You know, that's the that's the question now. It's not can we make a bowl game every year. It's can we be in the Big 12 title game and potentially make a run at a at a playoff spot. So. I mean, what a what an unbelievable time to be a Cyclone fan. It's it's different than it probably ever has been in history. Yeah, I think it's special. Um, it's not. Uh, I just watched our basketball team lose to I think South Dakota State. So yuck. It's early, but uh, yeah, I've, I haven't watched our basketball team at all. I don't have ESPN Plus, so um, but uh, so I don't know what we're going to be like this year. Um, I'll say this though: they had. Um, um, Bloom and then Lindsey Fenley were doing the game. They're both they're both pretty good. 
Like oh, I'm, Lindsay I was really good in announcing. Just knowing those two, I bet they're really good. Yeah, she, it just seemed like she was just natural, comfortable, and obviously she knows the game. Um, yeah, they were they were pretty good on the call, but yeah, I don't know, man. We we I get into basketball. I like when we, when we were humming, we had like Niang and um, oh, I mean it's because it's all fun. Like, yeah, one, I mean they we were, were really good. Yeah, when they had Monte, Niang, Matt Thomas, yeah. and just yeah, you got personalities. Hater, that all those fans guys. Of. Yeah, yeah that, they, that they was, like. Yeah. What a fun stretch, yeah. Yeah, I would have started on that team, I think, too. Oh, listen, for sure. No, <laughs> I listen. Up the wreck more than Brett Meyer back in the, the mid-2000s. I was hooping. No, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> Basketball is one of those sports, like, and I think golf is, too. I think it has the biggest divide between, like, elite players and then, like, top of the line. Like, I'm not saying I'm an elite player, but, like, I could, I could, I could hoop. I could play. I remember playing with, like, Will Blaylock one day. I'm like – how are you so quick? He was like the quickest person I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I'm not even gonna try to eat you. I'm done. Like, it's just different. This is yeah. It's like a scratch player to a like, good golf. Not player. kidding. I mean, Brett, you're you're six three, almost six four, maybe. And when you got hot, you were you're a little streaky, maybe. But when you got hot, you could absolutely fill it up. Fill them up. Um, and then you see, yeah, you'd see the the actual, you know, I would say players come in. And they'd, yeah. you know, shoot around at the wreck, just kind of BS and something. It's like, oh, that's that's a little different. That's different than yeah. what we're doing over here. Will Blaylock Stinson. Damien Staple, <laughs> one of the best, funniest dudes that's ever walked the campus at Iowa State. Yeah, that was, a fun, that, was, that was a good group. Um, yep. But, yeah, so I'm excited, man. I mean, West Virginia, get into it. I mean, they've had – I mean, they're, they're a good team. I mean, they've – yeah, they're been in every game. Yeah, they, I mean they they've lost some close ones. Texas Tech's probably a bad loss, but if you look at, you know, handled TCU last week, twenty four to six, lost one score game at Texas. Oh, a double OT loss to Baylor. Yeah, beat Kansas State pretty handily. So, yeah, no, they're they're a good team. It's not something we can just you know walk out there and say, hey, <laughs> this sounds weird, but roll our helmet out and say, hey, we're Iowa State, we're going to win. Um, which has never happened in the history of Iowa State. But uh, they're a good football team. We're going to have to show up and be focused and execute. Um, but like you, like you mentioned earlier, with our coaching staff and with the culture that, that Matt Campbell has built, um, I don't worry about that going into this game. And, you know, now who, who knows? We'll see what happens on Saturday. But I don't, uh, I don't have that feeling of, you know, kind of that, I don't know, feeling in the pit of your stomach where you're just like, man, I, I, I think something bad has a chance to happen. I, I just don't get that with this team. Yeah, I'm looking at something here. So West Virginia's game against Oklahoma got postponed, and it shows here on their schedule it's supposed to be played December 5th. They got a doubleheader? No, that's this week. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we play in December 5th. They're playing December 12th. That was the built-in uh, built makeup date that okay, yeah. 12 okay, was December smart enough to, to put in. So Big 12, you know, because they didn't, like the Big Ten just can things early. Okay, now I'm, okay. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong schedule. Okay, so 12-12. <clears throat> um, yep. All right, so so that's an advantage for us, though, because we'll have two weeks off if we play OU, and they'll have to play another yep. game in between that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would never wish injury on anyone, but if, you know, Fradley comes out of there with stop, a stop, stop, tweaked stop, angle stop. or something. I'm not even going to let you finish. I'm not even going to let you finish. We don't <laughs> right, do that. Sorry. You, sorry there, see, like I said before, Jared, when you edit this thing, you want – No, right, no, I want, people to, I want people to know about Todd. 
No, I know. Don't edit that out. Brett is our PC police. I'm always the one that says you things. Don't wish injury on other players. I didn't. You know, I just said Everything a tweaked ankle wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I didn't say I hope he tears his ACL. We, you know, we, you and I have both been through major injuries. That sucks. A high ankle sprain. Going no, I had okay. The twelve title game. I Turf had toe maybe. Did not miss a game in college and went and played in this game called the Texas versus the Nation. So it's like the Senior Bowl. You played in the East-West. It's like Senior Bowl's top of the line, East-West, and then this was like it was. I mean, Danny Amendola played in the game. Tim Hightower, who like played for the Cardinals. Amendola's and, still playing in the league. Yeah, Amendola was like he just like would separate from DBs like he like eight yards. He was like he ran like how do you four get seven at the combine. He was in my group at the combine. Yeah. And I remember walking out and we had like, none of us really performed very well that day. We felt like, you know, you always want to do better. And Amendola, like, we're all kind of like, well, I ran this. I didn't run very good. I didn't jump very good. He's like, yeah, well, you guys don't know what it's like to walk out of here and know you're the worst athlete in the building. <laughs> he just tested yeah. terrible. And now he, here he is and you're whatever, 12 or 13. Yeah. You know, like two or three super rings, And like, he was, yeah. he was really good. But yeah, I remember that week we had, I don't even remember. It was like the old Alabama coach. I forget who I – oh, I got to look this up. I mean, he was like 15 years out of – he was like – gosh, what was his name? This, this is good radio while you uh, type I in know. Google stuff. Anyway, he was like – we had like live practices where you could hit the quarterback, and I got a high ankle sprain. Back to you saying oh. like a high – it's not a bad thing. Worst thing ever. <laughs> so like I missed that was a, I never got hurt and I broke my dislocated my pinky because I had a center who just snapped the ball and, and like broke at my this pinky. game yes at the, I ne- literally never had any injuries in college lucky so played twice? 48 starts in a row didn't miss a game go down there break my pinky finger but I you know it's my left hand I could still throw and I was good and then I get a high ankle sprain like the third day of practice I'm done I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I uh, I make fun of Brett a lot on here and obviously on Twitter. It's one of my favorite things to do. Okay. I will say, Brett never missing a game in the Big Twelve and getting sacked and beat on as much as he did, um, is very very impressive. I know you you played through the turf toe thing, and you know I laugh and joke about turf toe. Turf toe's a yeah. beast, and Coberly when he was on here, like that's no joke. Like, no, it's, it's not. Imagine like every time you move your foot or do anything. Uh, athletically, just your foot throbbing. Um, so to never miss a game in 48 starts is very impressive. So hats off to you. Um, that's the last time I'll ever say it. Yeah, I know you couldn't do it. You got mono and to miss like five. <laughs> I missed what three games because of mono. Making out with never girls missed a game because of uh, easy now. Never missed a game because of uh, like injury, but missed three games because of mono. Brutal. Gene Stallings was the coach. So just old, like El- he's the old Alabama coach, and just like took like over a, for Bear Bryant. Pick up a Southern draw you could possibly have is like just did not. I mean, our practices were so loose and so bad, but yeah, I was. Uh, but doing live quarterback drills in an oh, all-star man. game, Love half that. the guys were hitting, the other half were stopping line. It's just whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was in El Paso, Texas. So like, first day we get down there, they're like, "This is Texas. If you cross that line, that's Juarez." We will not come get you, and you will be asked to leave if you make it back. I'm like, all right, I'm staying in El Paso. <laughs> got like, it, got it, got it. Yeah, it was. Uh, we get down there for a week. It was a good time. I mean, you know the drill. You get to know, get to know the guys you played against and all that stuff. But yeah, unique place. So, a couple of what else? So we got um, my my quarterback coach Todd Fitch is now the interim head coach of of, of Vandy. Now they Absolutely. got rid of 
tough situation. Oh, my goodness. Seemed yeah, like a brutal, been. brutal team right now, having a rough year. Uh, but Coach Fitch was – he was one of the best. He uh, he can hang in, like, as far – you know, locker room's a lot of just kind of making fun and just throwing digs at people back and forth. He could do that with the best of them, and he's – I mean, he was a – he was a great coach. Obviously, I didn't work with him as closely as you did in the quarterback room every day, but I loved having Coach Fitch around. Yeah, he's 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 hilarious. He's he's the best coach I had in terms of like the psychology of just X's and O's. And funny thing was, like he would get because we would run like we had we had Cookie Ryan Cook, so we just like inside like the five yard line. It was thirty four belly, like which is like a fullback shout dive. Out, and, shout out Barney Cotton, our our OC. But we had a former Nebraska O-line coach as our OC. And, you know, whatever. We, we had some success, all that. But, man, if we got inside the 10 or inside the 5, we definitely weren't going to throw the ball. We were going to hand it to Cookie, our fullback. And, and, you know, to his credit, he got in and, and hit pay dirt a lot. But when you have a Nebraska O-line coach as your, uh, as your OC, um, you don't get a lot of those cheap throws uh, for touchdowns. I know, I, mean, I know had, Fitch always had an issue with that. <laughs> he had 13 touchdowns in 2005. A far fullback. <laughs> yeah, 13 touchdowns. Because, I mean, he was just like, yeah, he, he, was, a, he was a monster. He's a rock. Like, he, he just would always, oh, he like, was. He was, an was an automatic correct. touchdown. Yeah, so, but, like, every time we'd run that and, like, Fitch would. And, like, Coach Cotton was a good coordinator. Like, he was good, but he was a offensive line coach. He was the coordinator. They're going to want rushing touchdowns, I think, at times. And, like, I didn't ever care. I never said anything about it. But Fitch would be like, I'm pushing. Because we'd, we'd, we'd watch, like, you know, Texas and Colt McCoy and all these guys, like, you know, reverse pivot, fake to the get fullback. A, a three-step slam. A, a two-yard uh, touchdown. And yeah. that, they'd get, like, 10, 12 touchdowns off of that every year. And we'd just turn around and hand it off. It's like, you know, Todd got us down here. Let's show him some love. Tell him if, you know, whatever. But Man. it was always – Rock Pretty would still be looking up at you if we had thrown a couple times. No, I'd have like I'd have like sixty-five or something. People always said like, "Oh, all you could ever run was a fade." Like I really didn't run a ton of fades because we never threw the ball in the ten inside the ten. We we, we threw enough of them, but I get it though. When I threw that pick against Missouri, they're probably like, "All right, we're not. We're just running inside the five, Which maybe maybe I did it to myself, but (laughs) it's funny though. But no, good luck to Coach Fitch. I know that's a absolutely that's a tough one. And Vandy's in. I mean, you're. There's a lot of schools in the SEC, obviously, that you know are powerhouses that will stretch the uh, the academic requirements to get players on the field. And Vandy just can't do that. Won't I will say this: of of all the SEC schools, for all the players that don't go to the NFL, uh, Vandy probably has the best track record for those kids. That's just a bunch of smart kids coming out of Vandy. Yeah, my my neighbors' daughters both went to Alabama. There's a weird thing where there's been like a decent amount of kids from Minnesota that go to Alabama, and they were they were just talking. My neighbor was talking about um, how like there's some students down there, like, and we're not we're talking like all races, everyone down there. Like, there's kids in college that like are are just you can tell there's a major difference in the education <laughs> from like every student who's like from the south versus like being in Minnesota or being like in Iowa or just anywhere really in the country. I mean, Alabama, Mississippi, those, those states are always are dead last in like education and everything. It's um, noticeable, huh? Yeah. He said that, that <laughs> they were, they were shocked at like some of the, you know, some of the, the students they would encounter. The reading levels of, of some of the kids. Down there. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Did, with you, uh, did you watch the Vandy game at all this past weekend? 
Uh, I mean, I saw the um, the girl who got in and kicked, which is I thought was cool. I know some people were Sarah Fuller, being yeah. idiots about it, but I'm like, yeah, you know, who cares? Like it's 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 historical. It's something that we don't, you know, we've never seen before, really, in in a power five, you know, power five setting. So I think yeah, good for her. I, I, thought I it mean. Was, uh, I would never watch a Vanderbilt football game because they're one, they're awful this year. And I just don't care. I have no ties to the school or anything. And I watched the game to see one, if she got into kick. Um, and it was just kind of, like you said, a historical moment. So anybody out there that has anything, you know, negative to say about that, Oh, she, they pooch kicked it. Okay. Well, that's just bad coaching. And that's why the coach got fired two days later. I mean, why your your defense hasn't stopped anybody the entire season, and you want to short the field? Um, but anyways, I mean, I, yeah, I thought it was a cool moment. I, it probably hit a little bit different now as a, uh, um, you know, having a daughter. I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I I like to think I would have felt the same way watching it before, but having a daughter now, I just it was kind of a cool thing to watch um, because I'm definitely not checking out the uh, the Commodores football team uh, outside of that. But yeah, I thought it was a really cool moment. And, um, there's a lot of people, you know, talking about it on Twitter and things like that. Very rarely do you get to be the first to ever do something anymore. Uh, and she was the first, uh, first female to ever play in a power five, um, you know, the, the major conference, uh, football game. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Was, it's too uh, bad that they couldn't cross the 50 and give her a chance to kick a field goal because their offense is so piss poor that they hey, couldn't even the get inside. Anyway. Sorry. They were, yeah, <laughs> they were so bad. I mean, they were bad, bad. And they're playing Missouri who is not, you know, not exactly a world beater. And they made Missouri. Yeah, like I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation. I mean, Vandy is probably in the wrong league for football. I mean, we're just being honest, but. Um, yeah, it should be in the back of that. They should play in the Ivy League. They probably compete against Harvard and Yale. I think they would probably miss those $40 million a year checks from the SEC. <laughs> that, I don't know what the TV contracts in the Ivy League look like, but maybe not as Either good as the SEC network. Grow, but yeah, I don't know. If, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was, a, it was a pretty cool moment. So Yeah. All right, man. I'll say one thing, too. I, I've been traveling a little bit, and I was in some airports, and I'm just like, there's some people, everybody was masked up and good, but like, some people don't change their habits of like crowding other people. Like this one guy I was on the plane, uh, you know how like you stop and you put your bag and you know put your carry on um you know above your seat and like this guy literally i could like feel him breathing through his mask like um, i'm like dude i just turned around i was like back up <laughs> like, he's like, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm like gosh so, like anybody did he at least have a mask on yeah everybody they won't they, they're you know okay, they won't let good. you fly without it so Gotcha. He did have a mask on, but my thing was... But, like, but, but the, the personal space thing wasn't registered. Well, like, Minneapolis Airport is pretty spread out. Like, Denver Airport, where I was in Denver for... And I, I have to travel for work. This isn't, like, voluntary travel. And Denver Airport's just, like, you know, the one terminal. There's nowhere you can go. And it was pretty... It was kind of... There were spots you could go. I, I just was like... I'm just looking, like, okay, where can I go to where I can stay the heck away from people? <laughs> but, like, just even getting on the escalator, people were just, like, one behind another. And I just stop and let people go and wait for an opening and then, you know, try to stay. It's just. I, I had an overnight in Omaha for work and uh, a couple of days ago. And it, it feels weird to me now if I'm on an elevator and I get to a floor and somebody like one other person gets on an elevator. Like you almost like shoot them a look like, hey, bro, like wait for the next one. Like, come on, man. But I mean, I get it. They got places to be too, but they can take the stairs. It's I'm not weird going time, to, but they sure. can. It's so weird. Like there was, you know how like sometimes somebody you follow on Twitter, 
you'll just get caught in like their thread on something and I don't know who it was but it was like just like a national sports writer and was going back and forth about like do you, it was funny one of them was like do you remember when you used to just fly into town how stupid that was or like do you remember when you drive 30 minutes for a face-to-face meeting and then drive back <laughs> it was just like the funny thing was like do you remember we used to fly into town like all these things that like you know you're probably I'm it's sure travel. Now. still gonna if travel see, but yeah you if have I see to. commercials on tv where they're like people are in a group like it was obviously filmed and, and shot before all this you see commercials like wait that doesn't look right there's 20 people at that bo- backyard barbecue right now like nobody's masked up or staying six feet apart like i'm not buying that product but I mean, like TV shows, commercials, all, it just looks strange to me now. Yeah, you got to, it's weird, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, uh, I'm happy for like just Cyclone fans to be able to have, you know, obviously we're bummed out that you couldn't, you know, we're not going to be able to pack the stadium for the Big 12 title game. But um, nonetheless, I, I know. But we get to watch it on TV. And we've never gotten to do that before. Yeah, it's going to be. No. <laughs> I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, West Virginia takes Oklahoma like seven overtimes. And I'm not going to root for an injury, but I'll root for a targeting, <laughs> I'll root for a targeting penalty from like. Can I take that back? Starters. Now you make. Now it's on that. your record. Now, how about this? We want like a targeting penalty from like their top, like three of their four. Uh, we want Rattler to throw a pick and then get a targeting penalty, <laughs> trying yeah. to tackle the guy. Plant them seeds. Hey, watch targeting because then they'll be up. Which is the worst rule in all sports? Like so bad to, to toss a kid out for two two halves. I can understand ejecting somebody, but like if it's I don't care if it's in the fourth quarter. You like, can't even play safety in college. No, it's tough. But I'm saying you, you shouldn't obviously. Make so no, you should never get thrown game. out of anything. Like let alone the next game. But you should never get thrown out of the game you're in. Penalize them 15 yards. I mean, you know, make it a make it a big penalty. But to toss a kid out for. I mean, unless it's, you know, it's like how uh, NBA has flagrant one and flagrant two. Yeah. If he's just playing hard hard football, then keep him in there and give him a 15-yard penalty. Now, if he's, you know, goes after and tries to light somebody up and you can tell it's on purpose, flagrant two. Kick him out then. Rules guy. Rules guy going at it. Oh, absolutely. Big fan of referees. All right. Well, you know, obviously this week, just take care of business, stay grounded. It's probably a good thing that we don't have a bunch of students on campus and you're not going to class and hearing how great you are because there's mm-hmm. so much going on that people pipe you know the players are in their little bubble and easier to stay focused yeah it's easier to stay focused and coach campbell and stick to the process and let's go take care of business against west virginia get out of the game healthy and then take a week off and then go win a big 12 title sound good absolutely absolutely i love it man all right man you have a great right, rest of the week todd it's always hey, great catching up with you you do the same Everybody out there, have a safe, uh, wonderful week, and go to Cyclones. Absolutely. All right.